Sup guys, it's your host Paul aka Mr. What the Footy and I'm back again with another pod. Guys, I'm super excited to bring you this pod. I sat down with Mark and brought one of the big hitters to bat this week. Mark is currently working at Rock Nation and formerly worked at Optus Sports. Guys, we spoke about the decline in the quality of the Premier League and we really got behind the real factors and drivers behind this decline that we're seeing. Guys, whether you're listening to this in the car, on your commute with someone's armpit in your face and squashed like a sardine, I hope you love it, guys. So remember, as per usual, download, subscribe, rate and review and tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's go. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? Sup, guys. Welcome to the What the Footy podcast, another episode. And I'm joined here today with Mark. Literally, this guy is Mr. Mr. Football. So, Mark, in 30 seconds, because you've got a long history, <laughs> tell everyone a little bit about you and your career within football. Okay, so I'm Mark, Mark Ajakwa. Um, I guess my break in football was I worked at Opta, who provide all the statistics for like Sky Sports, BBC. So I was there for three and a half years. But my background going backwards, right now I'm at Rock Nation Sports. Uh, before that, I was at Opta, did some scouting for Barnet. Uh, also used to play semi-pro, had one or two pro trials, but yeah. didn't quite make it. Didn't quite work out. Yeah, yeah, almost. Like almost. all of us, isn't it? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much my football history, yeah. So yeah, um, quite topical at the moment, guys, is the whole idea regarding the quality of football within the Premier League and the quality just in general. Uh, the other day we saw, obviously, Leipzig and Atletico Madrid obviously beat two of our top teams here in England. And it's created a huge debate across Twitter regarding the Premier League's uh, quality. And for years we've said that, oh, this league is the Farmers League, the Mickey Mouse League. I've notoriously even said that I'd score five league goals in, in League One. So um, I thought it'd be great, obviously, to get Mark in here because he analysed Europe's top five league within his time at Optus Sports, just to get his take on the quality within the Premier League and, and almost almost hear his take. Do, do you almost feel that there's been a decline in the quality of the, the Premier League? Um, it's hard to say because I think yes and no. I'd say yes in terms of maybe that competitive edge, especially over the last few seasons, especially this season with Liverpool, just Liverpool's dominance. Landslide, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a case of, I guess, I think the be- the lower teams, the sort of bottom teams, I hate to say bottom, but yeah. the, the lesser teams are better, I think, overall, just because they've just got more money. If you look at how much money the Premier League brings in, in terms of like sponsorship and TV, that kind of stuff. So I think overall there is is better quality, but maybe not as competitive, especially in the top end. And even when you look at really now, it's a top two or even top one, really, mm. if you think, especially this season. But in the last couple of seasons, you say it's been a top two. So there's not that necessarily competitive edge right at the top of the league. So I feel, yeah, yeah. I, I almost feel as though like with the Premier League, I feel like we've almost brushed it under the carpet, but I feel like there's been a decline within our league for a while. Like if, if if I go back to the year when Chelsea won the league under uh, Conte, I think Chelsea won about 15 or 16 games, like winning straight. Mm. Um, you don't, you generally don't see that. Like even Bayern, 
Um, Juventus, PSG, notoriously known for winning their leagues. You don't see runs as crazy as that. City, the year um, that they won it by a massive landslide. Ahead of Man United, similar sort of unbeaten run. Liverpool this season, similar sort of unbeaten run. And it's almost like, I don't want people to think it's like we're discrediting what Liverpool did because it's almost like everyone's trying to discredit that. Like, no one wants to see Liverpool win the league, really. But it's almost <laughs> like everyone's discrediting what they're doing. And no one's discrediting it, but it's just that there has been a decline and it's almost as if, aside from the top two, Liverpool and City, it's just like the best, it's just that the best of a bad bunch just fighting it out for the mm, remaining spots, mm. pretty much. Yeah, because I've been to quite a few games even recently, especially... City as well, and you just go into it and you just see that the other team they don't want to be there, they don't believe that they like, can do anything, they don't believe that they can do anything, mm. and that just defeats everything. Because it's weird because Premier League has that sort of reputation of anyone can be anyone, but when you really look at it, especially as you said, that top two, like Liverpool now, you facing Liverpool, you've given up already, you're just trying to, you know, what I mean, like, yeah. Damage limitation basically. And it's and it's crazy, and I feel like something that's been a massive debate within. Football in general, like people always talk about, oh, would like this team beat the 99 team, the Invincibles, that team. And it's almost like one thing that's come back within the league that we're now seeing is that like, I remember the like, Arsenal, they used to beat teams in the tunnel. And it's almost like that top two, barring obviously cities like fall from, I don't know, whatever, like mishap this season. It's almost like teams are playing thinking we have no chance, we're just going to. We're just going to do whatever we want. But but for me, I, just really, I really, want to, really want to get into... Uh, for me, it's been obvious that there's been a decline within the league, but I, want to, I really want to get into what has been the driving force behind that decline. Because for me, what I find so fascinating is the fact that the TV rights deals, um, barring the last batch that was just gone through, is every year, year on year, increasing. Uh, last season, the lowest amount that any Premier League team got from the TV rights deal was Huddersfield with £92 million. Huddersfield. Teams are shattering their rec- transfer record fees. We're seeing teams like West Ham and and etc. buying £50 million players. I never yeah. thought I'd see this day in, in football. Yeah. Granted, players' transfer fees are inflated, but why are we seeing such a decline within, within the quality of... Within the, despite all of these riches? Yeah, I think... Teams are just, they're being very tactical with it. Because as I said, like with teams where they face, when they face Liverpool or City, you can tell that they're almost already thinking about the next game because they're thinking, okay, where are we going to get our points? You know what I mean? So I, I do think it's, it's almost like not a losing battle, but you're being, they're being very shrewd with how competitive they are in certain games, if that makes sense. Mm. So when you then do see like a relegation battle, then you're seeing the competitive level of the Premier League. Whereas against Liverpool, they're like, okay, like let's just get through this game, try not to concede too many. So I think that has taken away a bit of that competitive edge. Because I do think back in the day, especially teams like like the Boltons or the Stokes, as we mm, were talking of yeah. off air, like they'd almost want to dent the title hopes. They you know what I mean? Things, yeah. Exactly. So I think that mentality is completely switched to where it's like we're trying to save ourselves, which I can't really argue with because at the end of the day, this is business. Because if you're saying teams are getting 100 million, you know what I mean? Just to, like, if you finish 17th or 18th, you know what I mean? Like, if you just about beat the relegation, you could secure yourself another 100 million for the next season, mm. even if you finish bottom of that year. So it's, I think it's a case of clubs thinking about their future rather than 
maybe trying to spoil the, you know, I mean, the championship for the big teams. So yeah. I think it's just a, it's just a switch in mindset, where it's going being a bit more business minded rather than actual like playing results and that kind of stuff. I feel like that's that's definitely true, in and there's almost been a push, almost on that fact to the whole idea that teams just want to survive, and yeah. it's almost like they will compromise quality to survive. And I feel like people misconstrue being competitive with quality. Yeah. And although like the quality for me is declined, it's still competitive in the fact that teams want to survive. Like we've seen this in the league this season, whereby you can't even call. Like Norwich look like they're gonna go down like in in twentieth place, but you couldn't call the other two spots. You can't, yeah. And, and even they're not a bad side, Norwich. To be yeah, yeah, not, and and it's almost like even them, they've come up from the championship playing this expansive way of football, and they're getting beat and they're getting yeah. beat left, right, and centre. Yeah. So it's it, true, it's it, true. Because it, you look at Sheffield United on the other, you know, they they've pragmatic, very pragmatic, but in the right way and in a footballing way as well, which yeah. has made them. Very appealing, if that makes sense, because I think, especially the clubs that come up, you look what happened to Fulham last year, where they went and spent a hundred and you know what I mean, hundred million plus, yeah, trying to sort of Siri. exactly trying to sort of gamble their way through like quality players, doesn't individual. Work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because they didn't have a system, they didn't have a style of play. But obviously, they can spend that amount because they're guaranteed it in a sense, even when they go down. Because as you said, with the TV rights money, you know what I mean. So. It just depends how teams approach it. And I think, yeah, like a Sheffield United, they've approached it the right way, where you're not changing too many things, buy here and there, but keep that core base and that style that sort of got you there. Because I think that's that's a footballing decision. And I think at the end of the day, footballing decisions, they do work out when you, when they're the right ones, you know what I mean? In terms of even when we're, when we're talking business. Mm. And, and and even just, just linking, up, linking on from that and... Just the fact that with the money that we're seeing in the Premier League, like I'm just of the view that the quality that we saw years ago with like outside the, the like, traditional top four with the teams like like you mentioned Bolton, the Stokes, the Blackburns, you could come and upset the odds. I'd love to imagine what those teams with within today's society with the sheer volume of money coming from the TV rights deal would achieve in this current climate because like, like we mentioned um, off air, like the quality in terms of like Man United in transition, Arsenal in transition, Tottenham in transition, Chelsea, Chelsea in transition. Like we've we've just come back from the Chelsea Spurs game, and, and for me anyway, from someone who analyzes and watches football from a meticulous perspective, it wasn't a high quality game of football, mm. and yeah. and and seeing that and knowing that those are two teams that we look to as two of our poster boys to the whole world as this is English football for me was not a good representation of, of, of the game game that we want to show. Yeah. As you said, it's, it's, it's a transition point. So I do think there's, there's something there with both sides, but as you said, yeah, it's probably not the best, but I think what, what makes the Premier League quite appealing is, is the competitiveness of it. Like mm. you see challenges, you see 50, 50s, you see like it's very physical. So, that could be classed as entertaining to certain people. Mm. You know what I mean? So it just depends on the perspective of who's watching it. You know what I mean? Like, whereas, for instance, us, like, or me, who I was an analyst, I might see it a different way in terms of the actual quality of it and would say, for instance, if you go to, like, a Bundesliga game of the equivalent of those two teams, you'll see a higher quality match. Mm. 
Some people might not see it that way if they're looking, okay, we want challenges, we want this and that. But mm. if you're looking at it in terms of like efficiency, positioning, tactical awareness, just even percentages, pass percentage, shot percentage, you will see better numbers in Germany. Before before we go into the topic of other leagues, just touching up on the point that you mentioned in the game which has come from, one thing I want to really touch on is when I did the first podcast with, uh, with Alex and Manny and I spoke about almost a change in English football, almost within the last couple of years since Pep has come into the league with yeah. just the sheer, the mentality that I just mentioned there, whereby you're beating in the tunnel when you're playing the likes of the cities and and and, and the Liverpools of this world. And it's almost like managers, do you feel as though managers have been overly too tactical with how they're setting up based on the point I mentioned there, the whole survival aspect? Because looking at that game we've just come from, I'm looking at Chelsea and... Within Europe, out of any top four side, they've lost in the top five leagues. They've lost the most amount of games level with um, with Lille in uh, in in France. Yeah. So they they can't afford to lose that game. So they've gone with a with a with a three at the back. Um, that obviously transitioned into a five when, when they were out of possession. Tottenham under Mourinho lost a lot of big games this season. Can't afford to lose that game. They've gone for a similar sort of system and formation. So what you've almost come and seen is you've seen. Two teams trying to not get beat, trying to almost be a bit reserved, and the balance of it just ended up with a two-one, mm-hmm. with a two-one kind of game. What's your sort of take on 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 that sort of perspective? It's tricky because, as I said, it's, it's football versus business. I yeah. think that's 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 a topic that comes up a lot. I also think, especially with both teams, you can say that injuries did play a part, mm. just in terms of. Both not really having their number one strikers. You know what I mean? Son is out as well for Spurs. So they almost played a system to where it would suit just the players that they have. Mm. So I think it was a bit of damage limitation for them. But as you said, like it's just it just lacked ambition from both teams in terms mm. of in an attacking sense. You know what I mean? So like me, I'm a United fan and I went to the Chelsea United game that was uh, last Monday and I was actually kind of encouraged by how man you were and how just in terms of their approach to it you know what I mean because I feel like the same thing like what we were saying with Chelsea their approach was it like let's not get beat you know what I mean because to be honest for the first half of that game uh, the Chelsea United uh, looked like it was going to be nil-nil and stuff but then mm. it's like man you just decided then okay let's actually try and win this game so I think yes yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think not many coaches, especially in the Premier League, actually, it's weird to say, but actually set out to win games. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think I think it's it's not brilliant, but I understand it, if that makes sense. The reason behind yeah. it, yeah. And I feel like just going, following on from that, which is quite fascinating going on about other leagues, is one of your players at Rock Nation, uh, Axel Witzel, last year actually said, and I'm going to quote this, Many more people in the world see the Premier League on TV because it's almost everywhere receivable. For historical reasons, the international media are more geared to England than to Germany, Italy or France. But I do not see any serious difference in the quality of football. What's your sort of take on this? Mm, yeah, I agree in a sense. Like, Obviously, we have Axel Rock Nation. For me, one of the best holding players in Europe in his position. And he's someone right now, this season with a 96% pass rate. So, you know what I mean? He's someone that could, you know what I mean? Has the qualifications to say something like that. Mm. Um, I also think it is an environment thing as well. I think, yeah, definitely 
especially Bundesliga, Spain, you will get probably better numbers and higher percentage in, in terms of efficiency. One, because of the style as well. Because I mm. think that the, the Premier League is, is, is so all action that then you are actually officially going to lose that sort of level of quality to an extent. Because I do, the reason I say the Premier League is still the best is that it's the best quality at the highest pace, if that makes sense. Mm. So you might not get the highest quality, but with that, you've just got just just how ferocious some of the games are, you know what I mean? Like, I wish, like, today it would have been better if that it was a bit like that, you know what I mean? Because some games we're seeing more reserved teams, which... Trying not to get beat. Yeah, trying not to get beat, which is just goes against what the Premier League is and about. It's, and, it, and it's almost just linked on to the point, and with, with Axel as well, obviously playing at Dortmund, like, I wouldn't say I watch majorly other top five European leagues, but I'll always check in on BT Sport just to see how obviously Sancho's getting along, England mm. boy and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And the level of quality whenever I t uh, tune in to watch Dortmund play, like, these games are going, like, five threes, like four twos, yeah. three threes, and yeah. it's like, like I'm seeing, it all depends on what angle like you like, whether you like to see teams squander leads and whether you're of the defending school of thought, like a Tony Adams kind of character, like Dortmund, like two, like four two up and it's four four at the end of the game. And it's like, there is a little bit more energy and entertainment, entertainment to the matches per se. Yeah. But at the same time, within the Premier League, like you mentioned there, it's almost like there's a caution to it. Mm -hmm. And people are trying to be more reserved in terms of, of how the games are really panning out. Yeah. Because I think Dortmund, especially, like, you watch the way they play. And even the intensity at which they play is mm. very high. It's and it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, because as I said, I think especially the, the top four teams in Germany are really impressive in just the way they play and just the pace at which they play at. You know what I mean? It would be interesting to see how they would play in the Premier League. You know what I mean? Because Dortmund, like, you look at the Dortmund PSG, like, what a game that was, like, mm. during the week, and especially the second goal, Haaland's goal. Like, you just look at, you look at just the approach play, the intricacy, you know what I mean? The positioning and just the finishing. It, like, that looked like, pr that was Premier League pace mm. with quality, you know what I mean? So, I think it, d it depends on the team. Like, Dortmund are obviously one of the better sides in Europe. So, I do think in terms of the top end, especially in Germany, they are very, very good, you know what I mean? But I still do think overall, because the reason they'll get a 5-3, this and that, is because, one, they're going for it, but mm. then also the opposition that they're facing every week are probably not as good as, you know I mean, some of the teams that would be fighting in the relegation zone in England. And I think, I think just even on that, you mentioned you'd like to see how Dortmund would fare in our league. I'd love to see how our teams would fare in the other European top five leagues, because... Looking at like PSG, for example, like everyone banners like League One, like like I mentioned at the start, Farmers League, whatever you want to call it, yeah. how people see it. And I think it's just crazy. Like I almost looked through all the stats. Obviously, I knew you're coming on this stat, <laughs> and it's had to come with my stats as well. And just looking at it, and since their takeover in June 2011, PSG have never gone a season unbeaten within the said Farmers League that everyone calls it. Mm -hmm. PSG have lost at least two games within a season. And when they've lost two games, they've drawn at least six games. Um, this season, I believe they've lost about four or five games already. And this is PSG that everyone talks about, dominates their league, mm -hmm. Farmers League, da 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 da, da. And, it, and it almost poses the question um, that I have in that, if Liverpool go unbeaten this season, 
does that fully confirm the decline of this league? Because I was looking at the last team in Europe's top five league to go unbeaten, which was Juve in um, 2011-12. And they drew 15 matches. Mm -hmm. And they only won the league by four points. Mm -hmm. So this is a team gone unbeaten, 15 draws, and only won the league by, by four points. So if Liverpool win the league and go unbeaten, does that confirm? Guys, we want confirmation, <laughs> yeah, from Mark today. Yeah, the source of the stats. Does that confirm the decline of this league? I think you, you'd have to say yes from a place of, as I said, like teams are they're facing Liverpool having already been being beat. Because like, I do think if they actually went for it, the odd team would beat Liverpool, but mm. they're already thinking about the next game. So it's a case where teams have already given up, which is it's disheartening because Sad, the Premier yeah, League, yeah. That's, that's so you'd have to say yes. And I think that discussion should be had because then at least it might force the teams in the Premier League to actually think about how they're approaching games, especially against the top teams, you know what I mean? Because the reason sometimes, even especially with PSG, the reason you'll see six, seven sometimes is because these teams are actually facing them and actually trying to win, yeah. you know what I mean? Because like I analysed France... Wowzers are up to quite a lot and they don't defend a lot, you know what I mean? It's crazy. And you get the bottom team, yeah, they lack quality, but they're going guns blazing against PSG and that's why they'll go and lose 6-1, you know what I mean? Mm. So, but then the odd team will then come out on top. So that's why, as you said, like that stat with PSG, yeah, you'd think they should go unbeaten with how just how far superior they are to everyone else, but the odd team will catch them out, you know what I mean? Like on a bad day. So... I think the way the Premier League is going now, you don't really see a team catching out Liverpool because they're not approaching the game looking to In win a it. Way to yeah, keep it, yeah, and to be honest, it might sound biased, but I think looking at Liverpool's fixtures, it's hard to see where they're even going to drop points mm. because of just the approach. And it's not like these teams are not capable of actually beating Liverpool. It's the approach, as I said. So that's why I think I'd have to say yes in terms of the decline because it's it's a decline in sort of bravery and mentality so for the league it doesn't help because mm. Liverpool shouldn't be going it shouldn't be going it unbeaten should, yeah, it in should, 2020 in, you know what I mean in so-called what's the, the best league best in league Europe in you know what I mean in the world so and, and even just on that obviously because you work on the brand side as well get involved in that one thing I love to know as well is what is that really doing for the value of the league because obviously um, with the TV rights still the recent batch 2019 to 2022 the value of that obviously dropped more so due to the overseas um, angle of it. But what's that really doing for the Valley? Because controversially, a lot of people are saying that what's upholding the Premier League is just the sheer value of the PR and the marketing behind it. Like for example, I saw the other day with Amazon and the reason why Amazon spent £90 million on the Premier League rights for the next three years is really just to boost subscription to Prime and which mm -hmm. they've smashed. Yeah. Um, and just the sheer fact that they're going to throw money at it at all costs just to almost improve a, a different part, a part of the business. And what do you think that's really doing to the value of the Premier League? Because if we look at the league as it is now, and I saw Yomak, your, your chief exec, mention how you look at the NBA, it's really a players' league. And we're not seeing the Premier League like that anymore in terms of the draw of the players that you once saw within the Premier League. So not only from a team perspective within the league or quality perspective on the eye, we're seeing a lack of quality holistically in terms of top players. So, what do you feel like as though that's doing for the for the for the value of the Premier League? Mm, it's definitely devaluing it. Um, 
I guess for Liverpool, it looks good because yeah, it, does. it looks like they're standing out in the best league in the world. But as I said, with the approach, it can be a bit deceiving, you know what I mean? Because mm. obviously you look at them midweek, like they didn't have a shot on target against an Atletico team that they're not even top of their league. Have they won a game in six? One in yeah, six, haven't yeah. won in six. You know what I mean? Defensively, Atletico are amazing. And even from an analytical point of view, they did look like a team that could stop Liverpool. You know what mm. I mean? Like, Napoli did a really good job of that. Napoli as well. did a good job too. So, but I feel like even on, just on that point, I listened to Big Sam on on Talk Sports speaking. He was saying how, obviously, like you know, Big Sam, like he's the he's the ambassador of, of defending and, yeah, yeah. and barking the bus, <laughs> um, and um, and and he he raised a really good point. And I said this on the first podcast, and I was saying that on one hand, teams are trying to survive and do whatever it takes to survive. And like you mentioned, I like 100% agree, like they'll almost disregard a game because they know that like we've got Watford and this is a six-point uh, midweek. Yeah. We're going to can this game with Liverpool because we're going to lose it and go and focus on, yeah. on, on the six-pointer. But then on the flip side of it, since Pep has come in with this whole like passing out the back player, teams are almost trying to mirror that style. Like you look at, for example, like a Brighton who got rid of Chris Hewton and brought in Graham Potter, someone mm. who's who's known to have yeah. more football that's more good on the eye. Yeah. And you almost analyse that. And if a team like Atletico played how they did in the league, they would have been absolutely ripped apart for doing what they did. Do you feel that that's a contributing factor into 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 how and, and the lack of ability to see someone really try and stop Liverpool this season? Because mm, I think Champions League is that place where you're you're the most pragmatic, especially in terms yeah. of two you look legs. at the two legs, yeah, yeah. you look at just the format of it. And that's why I actually really enjoy watching English teams play in the mm-hmm. Champions League because it's 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 a different focus. You it's know what I mean? It's a game of chess. It's a game of chess. Yeah. And just from analysing, those are the most... In, like, I really enjoyed that game, mm. even though Liverpool didn't have a strong target because it's like, all right, what are you really made of? Because here's a team that, although it might look defensive and this and that, they're getting results, you know what I mean? It's a result, you know what I mean? It. Yeah, whereas, as we're saying in the Premier League, this is not about results, this is not about, this is about the next game. So it's almost like you're bypassing this game to get to the next one, whereas in the Champions League, this is about getting the result no matter how, and they're setting up in a way to actually win the game and win the tie, you know what I mean? Mm. Although, you know what I mean? You can complain about Atletico's defensive shape, this and that, they won the game. You know what I mean? And they're looking that they, they could go through. You know what I mean? Like, I still would fancy Liverpool at home. Oh, yeah, Liverpool, yeah. I still course. would fancy Anfield, Liverpool at home, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I feel like just, just to end, obviously, part one of the pod um, that we're doing now, and a question we always ask people when they come on the pod is what the footing needs to change within your, your area and within your segment. And I feel like a nice way to end it would be looking at one of your clients, uh, Romelu Lukaku, playing in Inter, I'm looking at what Conte is doing there, the kind of team that he's building there with Martinez, with Ericsson, with Ashley Young, yeah. um, with Godin. Very exciting. And we're seeing like for the first time in a few years where like Serie A is looking like a like a free horse race rather than 100%. like like Juve sprinting away with it to a to a certain degree. And the point I'm gonna ask you here to end it with what the footy needs to change, um, is what's it gonna take for a league like Serie A? to overtake the Premier League because like, we spoke here and we spoke about the whole idea that it's clear for everyone to see that there's been a decline within the Premier League. This is no hate to Liverpool or anything like that. Like City, two years ago, won by a landslide. 
Chelsea the year before that went 15 games winning in a row. Mm. Like City even got 100 points. Last City season. got 100 points. Liverpool this season are probably going to get 100. One fan was saying that they're going to get 112 this season. They might even do that. It's crazy. Coming like it's a game of FIFA management. <laughs> but but what's it going to take for like a Serie A? I've ever seen Lukaku thriving, the king of Milan. What's it going to take for a league like that to really... Because like, people are arguing and debating the Bundesliga and it's like Sociedad, mm. Getafe, all these little teams like Munchen Gladbach would be the, the equivalents within the Premier League. What's it going to take for those leagues to get the recognition and to overtake the Premier League? I think it's just that competitive edge, which is getting there. Because mm. as you said, Serie A, free horse race... In the Bundesliga, there's four teams. Mm. There's four teams that are, you know what I mean? I think there's about four-point gap between one and four. So I think it's just that competitive edge because, to be honest, if Liverpool are going to be doing this every season or City is going to do this every season, the Premier League is just going to keep declining because mm. it's, it's about fans and that engagement and you want to see, yeah, you want to see the best teams, but you also want to see the best players. You know what I mean? I think... History, as you said, history does save the Premier League and I think it will exactly, it will yeah. keep, it will maintain. And plus, I think you the poster child's like the Liverpools and Cities, which, to be honest, could be the two best teams in Europe, if you think about it, just over the last couple of years. Mm. So I think having the best teams in Europe would help the Premier League a little bit. But if you're talking about overall league, I think especially for Serie A, if they have three horse races, if the Bundesliga have four horse races, like that go to the wire because then that's, everyone's going to be watching that. Everyone's going to mm. be looking and seeing, wow, that's that's the most competitive league. You know what I mean? So I think that would certainly help. That will certainly help. And then obviously European success for whatever country. So say, for instance, Juve win the Champions League or, mm. you know what I mean, winning the Europa League, even to win the Europa League or a German team win it. I think that would help as well. I think even just on the point that you mentioned there, I feel like, Big rights holders just coming in and absolutely backing a league like Serie A, the Bundesliga. Yeah. I feel like more recognisable players and stars being born. So, for example, like Lataro Martinez, never really knew of him until I heard he was ripping it up over in um, over in um, over in Italy. And I feel like if those leagues can hold their players and not lose them to the Premier League, because typically what we used to see was. We used to our league was that good. We used to lose our top players to the to La Liga or to Barcelona mm-hmm. and Real Madrid. I feel like if those leagues can hold their players um, and keep them and keep developing stars and big rights holders are going into those leagues and pouring loads of money into them, like the TV rights deals that gives clubs in the Premier League versus what it gives in those leagues there mm-hmm. is worlds apart. So yeah. if that was balanced out. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. Because I think La Liga, yeah, the bottom team, I think it's about 40 million mm. for there. For there. So there, there is a big golf. And I think also, especially with Serie A and Bundesliga, I think the Premier League still holds that weight just mm. in terms of for the top players. Because I think if the Premier League were to lose their big players, it's only really going to be to Real Madrid or Barcelona. Mm. Like if you look at like Hazard or you know, players like that. So I think if you look at, for instance, like a Jaden Sancho, you, you can tell he already wants to come back to come the Premier back, League, yeah, even yeah. though when you look at Dortmund, the, the style of their play, how they're playing, from a footballing standpoint, I, would, I think, I, why would you I leave? Would, I would stay. Yeah, why would you leave from a fo- footballing mm. standpoint? But the Premier League just has that draw, obviously, for him, his home and yeah. that kind of stuff. So there are other the whole history, The whole history behind yeah. it. And that, but how, how long is the history going to keep on holding? And I feel like it's, it's yeah. there for us to see. And I feel yeah. like... Just to end it, I feel like one thing I'm definitely going to encourage everyone who's tuning in and listening to is uh, one of the guys, uh, I think he works for a journalist out in America, mentioned that 
obviously now that the Premier League is wrapped up with Liverpool winning the title, he's he's keen to see how America's going to tune in to watch the other European top five leagues. So anyone out there who doesn't really watch any European top five leagues, I urge you to go out there and, and check out, check them out. For me personally, like I mentioned, I tune into the odd Dortmund game. Mm-hmm. Anyone out there, I encourage you to get to get watching and, and uh, let's realise that these leagues that we once thought were farmers leagues and one horse races, they're not like that no they're more. Not like that anymore, for sure. So, um, so guys, Mark, absolute pleasure. Part two out next week. Love for that, bro. Nice one, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, cheers. guys. So guys, I hope you loved today's episode, not liked it, loved it. And as per usual, download, subscribe, rate and review and tell a friend to tell a friend. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? At Oshkosh Bagash, we're dreaming big for back to school. Some of today's biggest superstars were once kids daring to imagine who they would be one day. To the next generation of icons, dream boldly and find your own style. Learn more at oshkosh.com slash today is someday. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732.